Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the SBS Cycling Podcast. I'm Christophe Malen, I'm your host, and I am joined in the flesh. It's been forever since you and I have been in the same room with Dan McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I am very good. Can you believe it? It's, it's been, been about three months. Do you know, we hugged goodbye at uh, our hotel in Paris on the 8th arrondissement when I came down in my jocks, I think. Did you come to, down in your jocks? I did Jeez. come down in your jocks, in my jocks to say goodbye. I, t- I tried to wipe that from my memory, actually. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. it's been a while, mate. It's good to be back. It's uh, good to be in the same room as you. What, the two piece ensemble? It's back together. The it, band's not fully back together. <laughs> That's the whole team. But. It, the two-piece ensemble exactly. is back together. The heart of it. No, <laughs> yes. that's, I'm saying it, come on. Yes. Uh, there's been a lot happening uh, in the, the world of cycling, but the one I want to talk about, first of all, listen to this. Primoz is, uh, is one of the best riders in the world. Uh, he's also the, the reigning Giro d'Italia champion, and uh, yeah, I think will be, a, will be a huge addition to the team, and uh, I think he will bring a lot also. So, yeah, I'm really excited, and... Uh, I think the team will uh, hopefully step up a level. That was, of course, our very own Jai Hini talking about the arrival of Primoz Roglic. You've in... just peeled the lid off the transfer ah, exactly. bubble, haven't you? Exactly. That we have so much to Yeah, we have so much to talk about. But first of all, main question here. We were banking of Jai Hini being the leader almost outright of uh, the team Bora. Now you've got someone like Primoz Roglic coming in. Yes, Jai Hindley has won the Giro, but Primoz Roglic has won the Giro as well, but he's also won three Vueltas and he's clearly coming with an eye at the Tour de France. What does that do? What does that mean for someone like Jai, especially in the eyes of the Tour de France 2024? He's done the 2023, got a lot of experience out of it, got a jersey, got a stage win. But today, what does that mean for someone like Jai? Should it be afraid of someone like him joining the team? Or could it just be really positive for him? Yeah, short answer. I think it's positive. It's great. Long question, short answer. Yeah, no, no. So the short answer, and then we'll elaborate more on it. No, I think it's actually really good. Uh I think think teams have proven, people say, you know, you've got to have an outright leader. There's, And and sometimes in some cases, depending on the personalities, you, you do need to try and separate them. But no, I think... I think it can be nothing but good, mm-hmm. and 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 as Jai said, he'll you know he's going to learn from Primoz Roglic. Mm-hmm. He's going to, you know, with riders like that, and Jai's obviously, you know, he's still maturing, I think, as an athlete, and he's still maturing probably as a person. You know, learning you you keep learning right up until the day you retire. I think mm-hmm. in any professional sport. So, no, I think it's I think it's can only be positive to have. Roglic alongside him. So we go through some of the transfer because I think it's about time we just have a, a sit sit down and have a look at it because there's mm. a lot happening. Huge. But, uh, but, but Bora in itself uh, and the whole debacle of the jumbo and there's so much has been told. So we're not going to rehash things that yeah. have been told and stuff. But your personal view and sentiment when all this was happening, I must admit, I swung. I just was, no, this is totally not cool having a merger to actually this is really shaking up the market shaking up the the yeah. actual teams and stuff i'm almost sad it's not happening in <laughs> that way you know yeah well look my, probably my thought was i try not to read the exterior noise mm-hmm. and nowadays you know it's hard. forgive me for saying <laughs> the term fake news but there is so much sort of you know speculation that goes out there and a lot of a lot of journalists and a lot of you know sort of amateur amateur journalists if you like and on twitter and social media they like to be the first to yeah. break the news even if it's not correct and we see that in you know modern day you know in, in serious um news affairs um you know in politics etc so i try and keep a pretty broad mind in the cycling 
sort of bubble until it's actually official. And, you know, and in the end, take all that speculation out, um, the merger never happened. So it, it probably wouldn't have been used, but it was all a bit bizarre. Um, and so I've heard rumours uh, from the French press, yep. uh, for what it's worth, I don't know. but the Super credible of French exactly. press. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but that makes sense, actually. When I'm going to say what I'm going to say, that makes sense. That uh, the merger didn't happen for one main reason, the material uh, problem, because Sudal Quickstep came with Specialized, yep. and uh, Yumbo has got Cervelo, Cervelo yep. and Cervelo really ramped up the money they want they didn't want to lose that contract right so in the end specialized was not offering enough for the for yeah. the for the material and that that t- take it what it's worth or not but that was one of the key elements where they just could not join and it became a fight of those two headquarters of the some of the best bike brands in yeah. the world and in the end yumbo could not move and and integrate specialized inside the the deal so yeah sense? And, yeah it does. And here's, here's another theory on how the merger potentially w- came about or how it was, you know, bubbling away. And I think this is, I think this has got some, you know, some real um, proof in the pudding. I think these teams, some of these top tier teams now, they're becoming too big for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that as a, a, a negative against them. It's just that they're becoming so big. They want the best riders, and I'm probably talking more so about Jumbo Visma, right? And they've got the current last two-year Tour de France champion, Vingago and Van Aert, and you know, just to mention two of their two of the best riders in the world, you can argue it's costing them too much. Yeah, okay. it's costing them a lot, and so they hit a point where they went, "Oh my God, we are we're actually locked in with these riders on multi-year contracts. We've got to keep paying them." That doesn't that doesn't mean we can't suddenly go back to uh, Wout and and Jonas and say, oh hey guys, sorry, mm-hmm. we we you know I know I know we're paying you four million euros each year or whatever that figure is. I don't know. I'm just plucking that out for argument's sake. They've got to pay that. Yeah. They've got an obligation. So I think there's this other argument to say, should there be a cap? And I'm starting to believe there needs to be a cap. And uh, the sport isn't big enough really for a cap like say football yeah. or. or you know, sports like that. However, the top tier teams, they're going streaks ahead because they've got 50 million euro budgets annually against, say, a Jake Olula, who were probably on about a 20 to yeah. 25 mm-hmm. million. So half the budget. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something in that. And this is why Yumbo Visma let Primoz Roglic go because they freed up some like a salary cap if you like they freed up some cash okay. to to pay their okay. to to keep their budget their book their books balanced but to be honest as well and if we just concentrate on the sport itself Roglic was and and in the view of what happened at the Vuelta again Roglic was never ever ever going to be the leader for the Tour de France next no, year no no that and, Roglic, and you can say fair enough yeah fair enough yeah. but Roglic there's one tour he has on one. It's the yeah. Tour de France. He, so wants, he, he wants one more big crack at it. Well, exactly. And it's not even just uh, him being sure to win it, but he wants to have a shot at it. Mm. But he was never going to have a shot at it at Yumbo. And that, that became a lot clearer at the Vuelta this year when they had this three-pawn yeah. uh, struggle, who's going to lead and stuff. And I think he probably sportively, on the bike, realized this is not going to work out. Yeah. I, if I stay here, I will never have a shot at the Tour de France yeah. any anymore again. So he had to, phys- to to physically move team. He had to find a find an exit. Yeah, t- talking about the team itself though, Bora 
looking amazing next year. Yeah, they, they are building up around someone like like Roglic. Bookman's still there, isn't he? Uh, I believe he would be. I believe I haven't heard that he's leaving, there's, but there's been so much exactly uh, going on. Uh, I hope so because I think he's a he's a he's yeah he. I mean, he's a great rider. In his yeah, own he's right. not on my list of departure, so he's a. Uh, yeah, so he's, why don't I go through this? Yeah, list of let's departure. go okay. through them and then have there's a, a couple have of key have ones a breather too. because there's uh, of of landmark moves. There's 31 on my list, men and women. Okay, and that's and we're probably missing a few. Uh, probably, yeah, because <laughs> I'm not that good. I'm not yeah. that diligent. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Yeah, yeah, we're not. Yeah, I'm not that thorough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So look at look at this. Arno Demar, Mike, uh, Mikel Lenda, Sam Wellsford. From DSM to Bora. Yeah, okay? great. That's an interesting one. Caleb Ewan. We'll talk about Caleb in a second. Yep. Uh, Christian Faulkner. Tim De Klerk. Primoz Roglic. Michael Mirko. Florian Seneschal. Matteo Trentin. Michael Storer. Danny Martinez. Magnus Cort. Alberto Danese. Gorka Izaguere. Davide Ballerini. Stefano Oldani. Fabio Jacobson. Uh, Warren Bargill. Matteo Jorgensen. Uh, George Bennett. Sam Omen. Pavel Sivakov. Theo Gagenhardt. Hugo Hofstetter, Ben Tullet, Pascal Ackerman, and we've got Giacomo Nizzoli, and uh, for the women, Clara Componi. Huge. Uh, brief. <laughs> Huge. Yeah, it's... That's, that's the, the riders that are set to change teams. It's this been year. a... I sort of like it. It's exciting. I love it. You know, and, and let's face it, cycling teams aren't like football teams where, you know, you're so... You know, fans are so passionate about the team mm -hmm. opposed to the individuals. Whereas cycling, let's face it, Fans are more passionate about the individuals rather than the actual team because it's a sponsor. It's not a it's not a, a club. Let's you know use the AFL analogy. You know Richmond Football Club. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, the team I support. That's a suburb of yeah. Melbourne, and you know you, of course it's suburb. so tribal. It's a, it's a very groovy <laughs> suburb, an even better football team. But, <laughs> um, you know it's 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 very tribal. Mm -hmm. Whereas cycling is not tribal in that sense, and so I like it that these transfers, especially say Ineos, yeah. Terry Gagenhart leaving. I think he he's he's proven at the the was it the Giro the Giro yep. he's you know he was back to his very best and obviously he crashed out. I want to see Teo Teo yeah, get his uh, chance as the number one yeah. you know rider of a team. So and he's going to Little Trek. Yeah, uh, but if you concentrate on on Bora, you, you mentioned that because this is why we're talking about Jai and and Roglic. So yes, there is Sam Wellsford, yeah, another Australian. But there's another one that just flew under the radar a little bit. Danny Martinez Ooh, is going yes. Ineos to Bora. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, that's a cool move. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. That, that's a cool move. They're bolstering their GC hundred percent stocks, and and the, you know the guys, and he and, and he he sort of comes in line maybe with Bookman. Yeah, you know as that well he does. You know, high in the mountains, he'll be there to protect uh, Jai and Roglic. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is, and I'm not mincing my word, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, I'm licking my lips for season 2024. Mm. I know there's the Giro, I know there's the Vuelta, but the Tour de France next year, if everything goes well, think about this. You've got Vingegaard, defending champion twice. Yep. You've got the Pog. Two, two, he'll, two, be two of, uh, he'll be back. Okay. Then you've got Roglic in a new team, assisted by uh, Jai Hindley. You've got Remco on the other side. Yep. They're all from different teams. You yep. got you got four different teams, and maybe Teo, and then maybe Teo Gengadar. Teo with Lidl. You, so, you like, think that he'll be focusing on the tour? So you've got four or five contenders, even six contenders yeah. from four or five different teams. When was the last time we saw this? Yeah, uh, a long it's, time ago. No, it's exciting. It is exciting, and you know, I think the way the sport's going to, Vingegaard is at the top of his game yeah. right now, but I feel like. The time at the top is shorter 
these days in professional cycling because the young ones are coming through so quickly and they're developing quickly and they're rising to the top yeah. even faster. So, you know, I'm not saying Vingegaard no, but look, look, will or won't dominate, but what, there's going to be other riders potentially what, what nipping can, at his heels. Well, what can Ayuso do? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, what can Ayuso right. do? That's right, riders we like don't know. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that. So, it, it, it's... No, it's exciting. And it's then on the other end, you. you've got, oh, Garen Thomas is still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the old man of the peloton. Yeah. yeah. You know. uh, he's probably not going to aid it to the front, but you never, you never know. No, you I know? mean, jeepers, he almost won the Giro. Yeah. You know, he, he almost won the Giro. It was that final time trial, wasn't it? So, yeah. um, exciting. Let's, let's get on to Caleb. Okay, let's talk about Caleb. So, uh, so let's. can I just tell you or tell our audience a little story uh, this is good a, Go lit, a, li- a little a little story <laughs> little I didn't even say, need to do, do you that. want me to put some music on yeah. this <laughs> no no because Once upon a time. Simon Gerrans and I were chatting about it throughout the tour yeah. and we were talking about and then I think it must probably when Caleb uh, withdrew and we're like jeez and I'm saying to Gero you know Simon's been there done that at the highest possible level I said what's he got to do and he said I think he needs to leave he needs to leave and he needs to maybe take a huge pay cut, um, but get to a team and reboot. And so we discussed it and Simon said, Lidl Trek are having a huge clear out, clean out. Maybe yeah. that's the team he should go to. So we were just discussing that. Never in my wildest dreams, and I don't think anyone thought in our wildest dreams, that he would go back to J.K. Lula. So I thought at the time, mm-hmm. I'm going off Gero's word. He knows. I think he knows best, better yeah. than most. You know, on, on our side of the fence, little trek, perfect squad. But also I thought, he, he, why would you give up your 1.5 million euro contract mm-hmm. or whatever he's on? I know it was a lot at, at Lotto Destiny because if he leaves, he gives up that. Yeah. So there's been some negotiations, but masterstroke. And you know what? J.K. Lula have matured. Okay, masterstroke for who? Masterstroke, for masterstroke I think, for both. Okay. I think... It's like Matthews going back to Jake Alula. You never, we never thought that would happen. When he left, it wasn't wasn't on sour or bitter terms, but I think there was a little bit of, you know, yeah, animosity. I don't know if it's even and, animosity. And, and Caleb, maybe they were sick of each other. And Caleb was a bit on the same wavelength. Yeah, he so didn't was, leave on. Yeah, you know? didn't leave on great terms. Yeah. You know, so there was that little bit of that. But what I like, and you know, I'll put this to my mate uh, Matt White, and maybe I'm a bit biased, but I think Matt's matured as a as a sort of director, manager. Super DS. Yeah, in that role. And sometimes you've got to swallow it. You've got to let that stuff be water under the bridge and say, you know what? This guy's still got legs. He can still win. He still can be the quickest in the world. He is the quickest in the world. We now have to help him deliver and yeah. let's believe in him. So I, I like it. So I like the it that he's up come with home. Uh, Grunewagen, though, they're going to have to share. I think Matt Watt already said this. Yeah, they're so going to have to share interesting thing. the Grand Tour. Yeah. They are not going to go head-to-head. They are not going to. No, that's only, what he said. Only one of them will go to the Tour de France, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. I can't, but you, you wouldn't send two. Yeah. Because yeah, they're both too similar. They're too, they're too similar as, you know, quasi pure sprinters, mm-hmm. um, you know, pu- purists, you know, in, in, in the sprint. But yeah, I think it's really good for Caleb. And, you know, we want to hear people say King Caleb again. Yeah. Because he's not at the moment. Yeah. You know, let's be honest. He's not. But I, I, I believe he can get back there. So do, do you think, uh, and going back to Lotto Destiny, it, he felt the pressure of one, not being Belgium, when you've got a young guy like Arnaud Delis 
breathing down your neck, becoming more and more important, influential in a Bel Belgium rider, in a Belgium team. The team was really and is putting all their eggs in, in the, the Lee basket. Yeah. And maybe that could have played mentally. And we yeah. know as, as, as how important the mental yeah. aspect of it is. Look, yeah, you can't, you can't say it didn't affect him at all. Mm -hmm. But I think... I guess in short, I don't really think that was the the, re, the you know the reasons for him maybe not performing, but I think Stefan Hulot was B grade, yeah. if I can say uh, that. Yeah. It's a little bit like Patrick Lefebvre, you know, yeah. you know uh, what is it airing the dirty laundry to the public mm -hmm. on on happenings within the team, and you know, and there was actually no happenings with Caleb on the team. That you know, the the, the fact of the reality was. Caleb was probably their highest paid rider, or probably he was their highest paid rider on a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But when you sign a rider, there's a reason you, you make up a contract and you get them to sign it. Yep. You stick by it, no matter what. Stefan Hulot then starts going to the press and just paying out on him, you know, because he's not winning. I mean, that's that's actually terrible management. Terrible, Especially terrible management. there was absolutely zero support when Caleb exited the Tour de France. Yeah. He came out and he just went, oh, difficult time, I think our, our roads will part ways. Yeah. He openly said it on the day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's terrible. He was not even in the plane yet. Yeah, you know? and you know what? I didn't. I don't know, but I didn't see a single rider say negative things about Caleb. So yeah. I think actually within the, the team, the riders' bubble, because the riders' bubble is different to the whole team bubble. You know, there's, mm. a, there's a little inner circle there. And I think they had a you know, a pretty good understanding of each other. And the riders know better than anyone. You know, when you're, when you're busting your gut for five hours on a bike, uh, whether you be a climber, a sprinter or whatever, you know, there's tough days. And only, and only you can relate to it as a rider, I think. And, you know, even directors who haven't or who have raced but have been retired, there's a period where you don't forget, you know what, how hard it is. Mm -hmm. But Stefan Hulot was a great professional cyclist, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's like old school tactics. And those days are over. <laughs> the, the, you know, in both men and women, the, the, the way to treat your athletes, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, yeah. They're different mindsets these days. And yeah. you don't have to nurture them more, but you just got to be a bit more respectful. And I think what can be remembered as well with Caleb is that he's, he's, he had success with that team. Huge success. You know, it's not small things. Well, look he at had... when he departed. Exactly. And the, and the team... You know, did, so, they, so did he's their coming, post. My point is, he's coming coming back to Jaco yeah. Lula or whatever the name will be or whatever. But he's coming back to that team with successes. Yes. So he's left the team. He was successful. He's not. He's not coming back as a failure. He's coming back as a and they're going successful. to back him in exactly. They're going to back him in exactly. And and again, I think as a team, I think across the board they've matured probably with their sports science, probably with their planning preparation. No, no doubt they have. Um, I think Matt White would be the first to say that that they've they've totally grown, mm -hmm. you know. And this could be the this could be the the big difference. Yeah, um, let's hope so. And even better, he's, he's starting his season at Tour Down Under. Exactly, so that was my that? other point yeah. as well. It's uh, and as was very quick to announce this, so yeah. uh, that also means maybe hopefully we'll see him in Ballarat. Uh, yes, that, that, that's maybe. probably the link as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, be interesting to see yeah. as well challenging for this yeah. be interesting yeah. um, on the on the actual uh, cycling on the route the Giro 2024 route has been announced yes it has uh, we are waiting and, I'm, and as, I, as I'm saying I'm actually f um, putting my hands together like this for the French uh, to yeah. the front when is it? 24th next week Ooh. Uh, but so this time next week in the podcast we will know about the route well we know it starts in, in, in Italy. Firenze yeah absolutely yeah. And the first, we know the first three days yeah. pretty much again. Maybe who knows? Maybe one more, but 
at least three. Yeah, at least three days. But uh, to just go back by the, the Giro, uh, it's always an important moment. And we saw and we heard actually Jai Hindley on the presentation of the Giro. Uh, you've just been in Italy, actually, Maca. Yes. Uh, we're going from Torino to Roma. Yeah, up uh, north. Starts up north in Piemonte. Mm-hmm. Some of the best wine in the world, by the way, around that region. <laughs> just thought I'd drop that in. I'm not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't drink wine. Yeah, yeah. I'll drink your share. Uh, the Giro, I guess, for you is always a bit special yeah. uh, due to your history. But it's always special when we announce a route. And, of course, the Tour de France route will come next week on the 24th. Uh, so it's, let's talk about the Giro. It's always exciting when a, a Grand Tour is announced. It's yeah. almost like we're already next year. We just want to be next year. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, it's... Yeah, no, you're right. And, look, there's no big surprises. There is 68 kilometres of individual time trialling. Yeah. So there's a 37-kilometre one, I think, on stage seven. And then there's another one later in the race, around 31. Uh, it finishes in Rome, as you say. Yeah, so. I was about to say historically, it's not historically, but a lot of finishes in uh, Milan over mm-hmm. the years. Um, they've been switching it up probably in the last sort of decade uh, a little bit. Um, so Rome will be cool, cool finish once again. And the Giro is always good. And, you know, you said I was in Italy. I was happened. To, I was in the Dolomites. Uh-huh. Um, I hadn't been back there for about 10 years. It really is spectacular. It's, wow, it's, you know, <laughs> of hotspots to go to for people listening and thinking about travels next year. And if you're, right, if you're going on a cycling trip, go to the Dolomites. Mm-hmm. It is just something amazing. I need really to explore Italy more. I've only been once in my life now. Yeah, I used to say I've never been. I've been this year. But, uh, and, you, and what are you? What's How much uh, uh, Italian in your blood? 52%. I know. 50, so you're more Italian than French. <laughs> That's shocking. It's scary. Shocking. Scary. Yeah, uh, and you probably cook your pasta and you leave it soaking in water. Like the typical nah. French. No, no, no. Al dente. Al dente, man. <laughs> Al dente. Uh, so, no, yeah, Giro is good. And then, of course, the Tour de France will start in Italy. So, just a slight note uh, Tour de France will start in Italy next year. Started in Spain this year, 2023. Yep. Yep. They're sort of putting a foot in the other Grand Tours. And first time ever starting in Italy. It's never started in Italy. Wow. Ever. Wow. Ever. That's huge. And also, and then just as a, you know, to, shaping the year obviously then we've got the Olympics yep. straight after yep. um, and then that means the women's tour de France is after the Olympics yep. isn't Correct. it there's a yep. two week gap yep. whereas it's yep. always started well the, the two editions yep. of the rebooted uh, tour de France theme, uh, has started on the final day yeah, exactly. of the men's mm-hmm. and is that start, it's starting in Holland it's starting in Holland How they're going to have to fly them down like it's only eight or nine days in total so they're going to do three days in Holland, I wonder. Yeah, I don't really know the actual well, Everyone's really yet. curious about yeah. the women's route. Yeah. Do they announce it when they do the men's? Yeah, yeah. I they so. do. Uh, they? I think, I think yeah. they announce both routes. Uh, yeah, at the, at I'm the really same time. curious about Absolutely. how that's going to be shaped. And from the men's side as well, starting in Italy, three stages minimum. Uh, yeah. So but the beauty of it, and I've said it before, but stage one goes to Rimini. And they uh, they are honouring uh, Pantani. Pantani, that'll and be And then massive. after that, they're honouring uh, Fausto Coppi. Yep. And then they are honouring Gino Bartali after so that. So three of the greats. The three of the greats. And there is a rumour I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but the, the rumour I've heard from some of my sources that on the Gino Bartali stage, they will do they will stop the peloton and do a minute silence in front of his resting place. Wow. How powerful is wow. this? Because he was one of the just and he saved so many uh, Jewish people yeah, during the war. Yeah, it's an amazing story. Amazing yeah. story. And, and, and but it's, yeah, There'll be, that'll be, uh, the, the two are just... They know how to think. They, they, do things. they know how to do it and they... You know, you know what you love about 
the Tour de France and ASO, you know, and huge kudos to them. Just the way they celebrate mm-hmm. the past, history. the yeah. past and the history, and it's not always related to cycling. And like, look at how they celebrated the, the Australians yeah. predominantly. Yeah. Um, gee, what five, six years ago now, when it was the hundredth year of the armistice the, on the Western Front. You know, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing, and to be to be to see that firsthand and and be sort of part of it, you know, on yeah. the ground. They really just do it, and they do it in a really classy way. Yeah, um, yeah it's good. It's, it's, good. it's special. You mentioned you mentioned the uh, the Olympics, and we've almost finished this podcast on this. But uh, Pickcock already announced that he will do the Tour de France and the Olympics on uh, mountain bike. After that, wow, uh, that makes you think: who else can do this? Probably a certain Van der Poel. Could you? you know, you'd, say? Think so. you'd think he's got some unfinished business. Yep, Van der Poel. Yeah, uh, he'd like to because uh, he's, Tour bombed, de out, he's and... bombed out of the. The, well, the last Olympics and then the Worlds he did as well, didn't he? Yeah, the mountain yes. bike. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's he'll be chomping at the bit, and I'd love to see him at his best, riding his best on the mountain bike, going head to head with Pidcock. That'd yeah. be a battle yeah. royale, wouldn't it? So whether or not they will finish the uh, the, the the Tour de France, that's another question. But yeah. they, I, I, Pidcock already said, "Yeah, I will be at the Tour de France." Yeah. Well, so, you'd think if he's going to be there, he'll finish. Yeah. And the thing is, well, we'll have to see when the the dates are released for the the, the Olympic yeah. road Race. events yeah, yeah. Um, and, and mountain bike events because there'll we'll be see. a bit of a gap. Let's um, finish the podcast on the the riders that are retiring because there are a lot of riders also retiring. And, and I know you've probably talked about it too. Sorry to jump in, but the non-retirement as well of Mark Cavendish. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, the story just keeps on giving, doesn't it? Just exactly. keeps on giving. I know, I know our producer will be... She'll be laughing and rubbing her hands together. She thinks I've got this like bromance with him. Uh-huh. I'm telling her it does not exist. It does not exist. <laughs> yeah. not exist. And we're back again. Listen to this on the, the main names retiring this year. Okay, to just the main name. Okay, Alamik van Vruten. Okay. Yes. Uh, you've got one of the greats. One of the greats. one of the greatest of our sport. Yeah. Georgia Williams, Ryan Dennis, Rachel Nylon. We've got Henrik Hassler retiring. Yes. We have Van Oudonk that just retired because yes. he had uh, the yeah, accident. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a sort of sad way yeah. to end his career, but he's, he's healthy. He's, he's and, alive and, yeah. and, and, and healthy. You've got Pierre-Luc Perrichon, Jess, Jess Allen retiring. Yes. José Herrada, Dry uh, Devenis, Michael Sherrill, of course Thibaut Pinot has retired, Peter Sagan has retired. Wow, yes. Okay, it's not finished. Still it's going. Not, I'm, I'm turning You've the pages. You've done your homework. I know. Nasser Bouani, Stiba, Bouhani's done. Bouhani's retiring. He had, he had a horrendous year. So many crashes. Yep. His body can't take it anymore. Yep. And the other sprinters are wrapped too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're rubbing their hands together. They're crushed. <laughs> the stuff is. The well bunch, is well. bunch sprints will be a bit safer. <laughs> uh, yep. Van Avermaet, Darryl Impey, Tony Gallopin, and Luis Leon Sanchez. This is who. Wow. All these people are leaving the professional That's huge. Big, it's a yeah. big changing of the guard, isn't it? It really is. That was my question. With all the changes that we spoke about earlier on, with all these people retiring, and the way cycling is changing as well, we can say we are entering a new era. I think it's, it, yeah, I it's think so. no hiding. This is a new era, new territory for cycling. And remember, you know, think back to, say, four or five years ago. Maybe is it even more than that? But when Van der Poel and, and, and Van Aert sort of just burst onto yeah. the scene and, and, and you know, completely burst onto the scene and suddenly Peter Sagan was vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. when these two burst onto the scene and particularly in the classics I'm talking about. And now suddenly they've been at the top for five years. Yeah. The next wave's coming. 
yeah. the next wave's yeah. coming. They're, they're here. They're here. And some of these names we haven't mentioned yet, you know, because we don't really know who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's beautiful so much about to, uh, So yeah. much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, before we leave as well, so you mentioned Cavendish. Let's not go back to Cavendish. So we no, know the story. You probably t- I just had to throw it in. Yeah. It's, you know, it's good. Happy. Let's yeah. see what's happened. Yeah. Mark Renshaw, our colleague and man, he'll be absolutely pumped. He, um, might, he might make and, a comeback. And rightly so. Yeah, he Maybe might. should. <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll run his shop in Bathurst. Yeah, year, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to mention because we were going to mention it with Pacho last week and we didn't because there wasn't signed completely. Yeah, Felicity Wilson Affenden assigned to Little Trek. Yes. That is an amazing for three years. Yes. Is that right? Yes. yes, that is an amazing signing. She's yeah. a junior world champion. Yeah, uh, she was part of the uh, of the team Bridge Lane, which Lane. was uh, which is run by our good friend and, uh, Pancho. And Pat, you know what, Pat, if you're listening, massive kudos 100%. to him. And, and you know, she's 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 writing her own story and her own path. But I know Pat's had a lot to do with her. And he, I remember him telling me, uh, talking about her in January mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. at the Na- Road Nationals. And we went out for a ride one afternoon. And he was just filling me in all about her. And, you know, he said, she's something special, Macca. And so he's, he's played a real role in mentoring yeah. her. And so, and it, it, yeah, it, you know, people like Shory, we need we need in the sport at that grassroots because that, they're so passionate. So, Do you know, huge uh, kudos. It was really good in the podcast when you were not here. Interesting. I've heard it was pretty good. <laughs> I, heard the, I heard the ratings just sort of dipped slightly. They were still good, but just dropped. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blow so, your own trumpet. <laughs> Shory, just, just stick to your mentoring, mate. You're really good at that. You're really good at it. <laughs> right, it's really good to have you back, Maka. No, and, uh, good to be back. We'll be good on be next back. week uh, and the week after and the week after because we are going all the way to Christmas time. And, then, and then we are into the season. It's going to fly. Then, and then a new year starts. Yeah. Thank you, Maka. Thank you.